An imposing Zrelian lieutenant fills the screen in front of Stravix and Juno. The lieutenant has his arms crossed behind his back as he stares sternly down at Stravix. Juno looks on from the darkness, a hand held over her mouth. The title of this issue reads, Phone Home. Even superheroes have to call their folks sometimes. off last time the last couple panels were um straw turning towards the door where juno left and then um chasing after her we pick up in the same place in this issue um there's a couple panels of straw leaving leaving the control room where they had just modified prism um so that she was ultimately loyal to straw and the team rather than these rel ascendancy straw what do you do um straw is going to like do i see like where juno went like pretty pretty quickly and can catch up to her or do i have to like look for her? uh i mean you can probably guess pretty easily that she probably is like you know distraught and probably ran to her room <laughs> okay then um i will head there yeah and uh when you get there the the door is probably closed but you can probably see the lights on through the Straw is going to, like, hesitate for a second. Uh, and he takes a deep breath, and he knocks on the door. Um, It opens, but Juno doesn't, like, isn't there to, like, answer it. She's sort of, like, back upset in the corner of her room. <laughs> Juno? Is, is everything okay? Are you really asking that question right now? Uh, yes? Should I n- not be? Straw... What about the situation could be okay? Well, we have a plan. For which catastrophe that's about to happen? Uh, the most imminent one? So we solve this one just to die to another one? Well, no. Presumably would solve the next one as well. And the one after that and the one after that. Because isn't that what we sort of do? But why is it all at once? Why is it all of us? Why do all of you have some horrible catastrophe tied to you? I I don't know, but it is what it is. And the only thing we can do is handle it one issue at a time. Juno kind of shakes her head. No, we're junior heroes. We are not meant to be doing this right now. We don't have training. We've never done this before. Who else is going to do it? We're the ones that are here. We can solve the problem with the Zarel Ascendancy with the sending of a single message. But I'm going to need your help to do that. This will solve the problem for how long? How many times are we going to have to lie to them? How long are you going to put us all in danger? I didn't mean to put anyone in danger. I thought this problem would go away if I just ignored it. But that's (laughs) not... Turns out that doesn't really work. (laughs) The the most teenage response to a problem. (laughs) 
honestly, that's me, like almost in my thirties too. So I, I can't. Play yeah, yeah, no. What a fucking Hashtag mood. relatable. It works like fifty percent of the time is the thing. Though. And that's like that's a pretty high success rate. Like, like it's it's, uh-huh. wor- it's right. worth rolling the dice on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Straw is gonna say, I was I thought that the ascendancy and my mother would wait until I filed my report before they would invade. And I thought that if I just never filed the report, they would never invade because this place is cool and the rest of the team and you are cool. And I don't want anything bad to happen to you guys. And I'm sorry that this is happening. If you didn't want anything bad to happen because you love this place so much, why did you lie? Because I thought that was the best way to protect it. And I'm not saying that was the right thing to do. It's clear to me now that it's not. But I only had the best of intentions. And all I want to do now is to make it right. She sits kind of conflicted with that. Um, You can kind of see her, like, very visibly thinking it over. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she she sighs and kind of gestures to the the edge of her bed, which is probably not a lot considering how big she is in comparison to it. But, <laughs> uh-huh. but she sighs and um, like from the even little bit of her face that she still has, um, you can tell that she's like deeply pained by by what she's thinking about. Why do all of my friends have to lie to us? You've you've got this invasion, Asbel's got some horrific eldritch beast waiting to destroy us all. Jack's some kind of clone from another dimension. I, who knows what Ezra's keeping from us? Am I the only one not trying to kill us? I've, I've only been on this planet for a little over a year. But from what I've seen... The people here are not that different from what they are in many places of the universe. And the one thing that I know about really everyone is that people are complicated. And just because they have pasts that they're not super willing to share and they have baggage and they don't like talking about it, that's not them lying. That's not them trying to hurt their friends. That's them trying to cope the best they can with the traumas that they've collected over their time. Me, being from a civilization so fraught with combat and war and glorifying it, there are many individuals that psychologically do not last long that's only one example but i don't know i'm i'm not good at talking but i don't think you can hold these things against our friends they're complicated people with complicated pasts i think all we can do is solve problems as they come and help our friends to deal with their issues the best we can be there for each other if that makes sense 
It does. I just don't understand why everyone's issues has to result in putting us all in grave danger. Keeps things interesting. <laughs> that, I'm sorry, that was a joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, Juno does give a, a small smile in response to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Straw will laugh a little nervously and he'll say, you know, you're kind of the one that holds this team together, you know that? I don't understand how. I feel like I'm constantly fighting you guys all of the time. Well, if that's that's what I mean, I think. If you weren't here fighting us, I think we would have scattered to the winds long before now. That fight is the fight to hold us all to, together and keep us all pointed in the same direction. I don't know what we're supposed to do. Let's deal with this problem, and we'll figure it out from there. What if we mess up? Then we cross that bridge when we come to it, too. What if there is no next bridge? (laughs) I think there's not a whole lot of sense in letting yourself freeze up at the possibilities of things finally catching up with you. I think the only thing you can do is assume that there is something that you can do. And keep trying until there's not. I guess that makes sense. Good, because I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> she sighs and shakes her head and um, smiles at Stravix. And she says, okay, what what is our next objective? Well, uh, now that we have control of Prism, I was hoping you'd be able to help me piece together a report that prism can send to the ascendancy it's it'll take the form of a report that they've been waiting from me for some time but the main point of the report is going to be that the galaxy eater has bonded itself to an individual on this world and that this world due to that is too volatile for the ascendancy to assault for risk of awaking the galaxy eater and invoking its wrath against the ascendancy, which I would like to point out is not a lie. Yes. Technically I suppose so. Though I think it would be prudent to to make a point to emphasize the danger lady a little bit more in a way that uh, the ascendancy reads it as more immediate, but um, I think it's our best shot at deflecting this invasion. From what I understand, it doesn't sound like it's as immediate a threat as the Ascendancy invasion, which is days away at the most. Um, So I think that's something that maybe we can look into more as soon as we have the luxury to do so. She she nods her head. Okay, but I'll need your help making this report. Will you help me? Of course. Anything you need. Okay. Thank you, Prince Stravix. Just Stravix is fine. And you know, in the future, if you do need any help with the paperwork, I guess you can ask me. It's all right. I think Prism and I can handle it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know he cares. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
Stravix's love language is offering to do things he adamantly hates. <laughs> <laughs> what were the other three doing during that exchange? Listening at the door. <laughs> yes. One hundred percent. I think Ezra's going to make a phone call. Okay. Uh, specifically, I wanna I wanna use my friends in low places ability. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna contact one of my uh one of my villains to get something. Okay, uh, who are who are you giving a call to? Your seedy criminal contacts. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call Gladia, my my weapons person, who I have never called before. Yeah. Okay. Let me look in my notes. I don't have anything. All right. Let's. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're doing it live. I I've not used this at all, so it's never come up before. Yeah. No, I I think at one point I was like, oh, I should like flesh these characters out a little bit and then i didn't um so let's figure that out now yeah okay so um yeah we see uh we see ezra uh, pull out his phone and he flips through the phone contacts and uh, gets the g's and lands on gladia and, and uh clicks the the green the green phone call button and uh, she answers. Um, oh, thank she, God. It, it, <laughs> that would have been funny. She just <laughs> does it. Like, I'm like, nope. shit. And <laughs> it would go to voicemail, but she didn't set up her voicemail box. So yeah. fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it does ring a couple of times. And it seems like it's about to go to voicemail. Um, but she does, in fact, answer. And she goes, what do you want? Hey, uh, could you perhaps do me a favor? What sort of favor, and what do I get in return? Uh, well, okay, we'll start with the first part. Uh, hypothetically, I may need to, uh, procure some weapons to defeat a conquering alien, uh, species, and maybe like a galaxy-eating monster, but I don't really know how much stuff you have for that department in particular. Kid, I don't have that many. Well, I know yeah. that I'm friends with your mom, but yeah, I don't know that I can stop any sort of galaxy-eating monster, alien invasion, whatever. Yeah, well, what's we'll even st- going on? It's a long story. It's kind of hard to explain. Basically, probably aliens coming to try to conquer the planet, so I'm gonna try to prevent that with like my minions <laughs> did you just call her a minion to her face <laughs> no, no i no, call no, no. you guys you minions mm. <laughs> rude i almost did a li- dan my throat hurts i almost did a literal spit take and it hurt to hold it in <laughs> yeah they they cut me loose uh, a little early so you know trying to we're still under the the watchful eye of another hero, so I'm trying to keep some things on on the DL still. But if the alien thing happens and they succeed, it's really gonna put a massive roadblock in what I'm trying to do. So if I could get like things for myself and maybe like four other people, that would be really cool of you. Um, you hear her like sigh and uh, rifle through, um, rifle through some things. You can presume that she's looking through her armory, and she's like, 
I've got some photon blasters, but I mean, they're not going to stop a whole alien invasion. Maybe one alien. I don't have that many. I don't know where you're going to find. When is this happening? Like in a few days. Maybe one. I'm not exactly sure. Apparently time works differently there. Something about two or three suns. (laughs) I mean, I could try to get you stuff in like maybe a week, maybe maybe get you like a small ship with uh, with some sort of blaster, but it'll take a while and I'll have to call in a lot of favors, so it's going to cost you and your mom. I don't think we'll need like to that extent. Uh, but just like, you know, taking out like one, if we've got like five, that's five. And then I- I'm I'm friends with some people who could perhaps improve the design a little bit, make it a bit better if possible. Not trying to, like, say that your stuff's not good, because it's always been good. But, like, I've got someone who can probably, like, do nanotech shit with it. And that might do something. And technically, I can't perform any favors for you right now, given everything going on. But, like, we can work something out. Or maybe we can put it off until you've got, like, something big to do, and then I can help then. Um, so... If I'm reading your sheet right, you already have two obligations to Gladia? No, I have two for gossip. I actually have none for Gladia. Okay. Okay, I see, I see. Let me mark that real fast. Okay. Um, She's going to sigh heavily and say, all right, I can get you the blasters. Great. What, five? Yeah. All right. I don't know if it's going to do what you think it's going to do, but... We'll put it on your tab, I guess. Yeah, maybe like a deterrent. Who knows? All right. I I can have them to you in in you know, in, in about an hour here if you meet me um if you meet me by the warehouses at the dock. Yeah, sure. Anything else? No, that's it. Thanks. All right. And uh she hangs up on you. Cool. And then gonna pivot real quick and find Asbel. <laughs> Asbel is exactly where you left where you left him, presumably, unless Jack did something or other. Jack yeeted Asbel out of the room. <laughs> uh, I think that what Jack was doing was they kind of like sped off to their room. They come out with this big old cork board, and there's all this like newspaper clippings and all that on it with different stuff about, like, portals and red string. They unpluck all of the uh, thumbtacks and string from it and pile all the paper into uh, a little pile off to the side. And uh, they start, like, real quick on just, like, the backs of uh, the Revolutionary War reports that haven't been taken out to the uh, recycling yet. Uh, starts like <laughs> writing down different stuff and putting it up on the cork board. And as it comes together, it's kind of like almost a almost like kind of a theoretical battle plan or at least a plan of going about things. And there are three sections that are mainly there. And one is labeled known knowns, one is labeled known unknowns, and the third is Unknown unknowns. What about the fourth one? Oh, fourth meal. Can't forget fourth meal. 
but they just start like writing down things that under each one like you know known knowns aliens coming um and just like stuff that like they kind of already know and it's like trying to figure out like if we have some kind of plan and just kind of waits for everybody to gather back up once they finish that. Yeah. Um, so then, um, Ezra goes over to Asbel, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Who's just kind of standing there has not sat down pointedly zoned out eating pizza. <laughs> hey, Hey, as mm, yeah. Yeah. Could you do me a favor? Yeah. Anything. In, like, 50 minutes, can you... I, I don't know how actually how long it takes you guys to get places exactly. Can you take me to the docks before, like, an hour passes? Aswell just kind of blinks at you for a moment. Right now? I, I just have to... I, I just have to, like, be there within the hour. Aswell, like, looks at... Does the computer pop-up have, like, you know, still have a little time in the corner? Is it, is it what? Is it run on Windows so it still has the time in the corner? <laughs> like, a, like a clock? Um, a lot of what Prism has is, is in Straw's language. Ah, yeah, um, that's not helpful to me. Yeah. But I bet there's, like, a fucking Garfield clock or something on the wall. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll look over to the to the Garfield clock, and just kind of look back at Ezra, and like, I, yeah, and then we'll walk over to the kitchen where they have a notepad because of course they do. Gino lives here, and <laughs> write a note that they went out. They'll be back. When do you think? Never mind. And that they'll be back. Like I mostly don't. Within the hour, probably. We're fine. Be right back. Love you. Scratches out love you because that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine this note. It's like... <laughs> do, do they mention in the note where, they, where they're going? Nope. Okay, good. All <laughs> right. Excellent. Useful okay, note. Because yeah. Asbel's, like, afraid of getting in trouble, so, he, like, he's doing, like, just enough to be like, I left a note. <laughs> Because he knows he knows Juno's going to get mad at him, and he's he's not happy about that. He doesn't want to make Juno madder at him. <laughs> but he's also okay with running away right now. So then he's just going to grab Ezra's hand and just drag drag Ezra out the door with him. Oh, we're going okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So as an as on adventure. So yeah. So um, Straw and Juno get back to the room and. Ezra and Asbel are gone, and uh, Jackrabbit is uh, has his conspiracy board going. Um, there is a there is a note. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine that they tacked it to my board, and I just yeah. didn't even notice. <laughs> it just gets lost. <laughs> yep. Jackrabbit, what are you doing? All right. So what? What I've been trying to do while we've been going on with everything is just trying to figure out, like, any way that we can figure out, like, what our best strategy is in case things go south. And so, you know, I've got a few different things up here. We know that these scatter space folk are coming. And we know that eventually 
if nothing else were to happen, we got that big old army coming. What we don't know, that we know we don't know, is how many ships are coming, how big of an armada that they're going to bring with them when the full force comes. I mean, we, I, I think Straw will have an idea of the kind of tactics that they'll use. Straw has already taken a couple steps up and, like, has, like, taken the, like, almost art appreciation stance in front of your conspiracy <laughs> theory spread and is, like, intently staring at it. <laughs> and just kind of, like, going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just kind of, like, reading through the whole everything you have got laid out. Another thing another thing we don't know is, like, what the adult heroes, if they're even going to do anything. We don't know what kind of things that, like, the military might do. Because, you know, they get stuff coming through the uh, air zones and, you know, flight paths and all that. Uh, they're probably going to be somebody in the government that's going to be upset either way, whether we are uh, successful in deterring them away or not. And then the most important section that I can't fill out is the unknown unknowns. Stuff that we're not anticipating and that we don't know could be involved. Now, this is this piece of paper right here, as you'll see, it's blank. This is what I've been trying to train y'all about for the last year. That there are going to be things that happen that are unexpected, that nobody on either side's going to see coming, or stuff that either side doesn't know that the other one is capable of. Now, I think that's going to be our greatest strength because we've got the lay of the land advantage. We've got potential unpredictability and we know that, uh, you know, we know the basic methods that they teach from, you know, straw, you being a prince and all that for them. So, I've been trained in Zrelian battle tactics since I was only 0 .04 stigitia alignments old. Okay, well, no, wait, hold the fuck up. Why would you choose a system of measurement for age that you measure in goddamn decimal points? Listen. <laughs> the system is so erratic that the only thing that happens on a regular interval is that and it only happens like once every like six earth years or something <laughs> um so anyway um i think the current plan uh is to sidestep the conflict altogether and see if we can get the these rel forces to abandon their current mission to this planet. If we can send a message in the form of a report that they would be expecting to receive from me anyway, explaining the details of the galaxy eater, something that they're already vaguely aware of and understand the significance of, perhaps we can get them to turn around. How how long does it take to usually transfer this? How long do you think it's going to set it up? Because depending on them getting the report and processing it, we might still have to deal with those scouts in some form before they get any kind of pullback order. Well, I'm thinking it would only be um, maybe less than an hour, he says, looking at Juno, to put together the report um, and to record a transmission from myself Um to send with that report um the message itself would be 
uh, transmitted near instantaneously. All right. And just as a precaution, because I know that, like, unexpected things happen. What's the chances of them turning around versus knowing that the galaxy eater is potentially here and just trying to annihilate the planet with everybody on it, whether you're here or not? Well, the one thing to remember about the Zrel Ascendancy is that their dominance in the universe is because of their meticulous planning and strategy. And they will perform an analysis of the cost, the the cost versus the benefits of an attack. And if they realize that one of those costs is releasing a threat to the scale of a galaxy eater, it is, in my opinion, likely that they will decide it's not a fight that they want to engage in. All right. Uh, one thing I would suggest then, just to kind of hammer that home, just say for like put in there like from all your evidence shown that like if the Galaxy Eaters Herald, uh, Egg, whatever you want to call it, I don't listen. There's so many space demons and space folk who come in and do things that like I just I never know what to call their plans, but whatever energy. And obviously, we're not going to tell them that, like, you're close to Asbel. But whatever energy they have, if it's released, it's just going to release it. So that way they think, like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't just blow this galaxy up. All right. It's, it sounds like y'all have a plan. And uh, Jack kind of looks over to Juno and says, I know that I'm typically a contrarian. And a little shit. And right now, you know, y'all have the plan that you have set up. I'm not sure how much I can actually do in this situation. Uh, honestly, uh. So, Juno, you're, you're taking a lot of lead on a lot of stuff going on. What do you need me to do? Do you know where the others are? Yeah, I was wondering that too. Uh, wait, wait, when do they leave? Uh, I I think they I thought I heard something about as saying something about docking or something like that. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I don't I I was I was kind of focusing on my uh, on my board here, so. Does that mean they're no longer on the ship? Prism? Yes, War Prince. Are our companions um, Ezra and Asbel still on the vessel? Negative, War Prince. For the love Do you of have any information on where they went? I will bring up the security feed. And nice. uh, you see a a, a video um, appear on all the screens in the room that you're in. And uh, it's sort of like, uh, so it starts um, basically when uh, Ezra gets off the phone. Um, 
you hear like sort of like the end of his conversation and him going to Asbel. It does sort of like zoom in on Asbel and Ezra, but you can like see uh, Jack Rabbit uh, with the board in the back, and uh, you hear their conversation saying that they're heading down to the docks, and uh, you see them pin the note to uh, to the board, and do you, the camera follows them as they walk out. Uh, Prism, can you start the recording about five minutes earlier? <laughs> Affirmative, War Prince. Oh, the the docks. Uh, why would I? Th- why do we I get think the entire like phone call? Or at least as at least Ezra's end. Yeah, you really. Yeah, um, I think from Ezra's half, it's like it's pretty clear that Ezra is trying to acquire some weapons. Um, yeah. Yeah, with her with her super nice alien security system, she probably can turn um, the call up a bit, um, so you can sort of hear like kind of like half hear what was going on on the other end. But it's pretty clear like what Ezra's plan is. Like Ezra is trying to get um, some sort of weapons for the five of you for an upcoming alien invasion slash galaxy eater in the next week, maybe. And uh, they left to do that. Wait. Ezra has minions? You know, size. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she she looks at Jack and she she says, I'm sorry to pull you from this. However, can you please go make sure nothing bad happens to them? Absolutely. And I'm actually using a team move. Uh, when you share a vulnerability or weakness with someone, <clears throat> give them influence over you and ask them who you'd like to be. Mark potential if you show them that person. If they're a teammate, add team to the pool no matter what. Uh, I think I'm going to just kind of nod and run off. So uh, that was me uh, saying, like, like I don't know what use I am right now. What do we want me to do for Juno? So, Juno, you get uh, influence over me, which uh, I believe now means you get to shift the la- shift some labels. Ooh. Look at Cliff knowing how to play this game. Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? Like, you can do that? <laughs> I have double influence now. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Let's say that inspires you in some way. So let's move Savior up and maybe Freak down. Does that sound appropriate? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Excellent. Uh, and yeah, I uh, start zooming off to the dock. Uh, Juno sighs and turns back to, to Straw and she says, okay, let's get started. Yeah. And they do it. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to make sure that nothing bad happens to uh, our uh, more closer ship. <laughs> I'm checking out the ship at the docks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you are able to get there just fine. Um you are able to find them. The three of you get those weapons. They do look sort of like, I mean, you guys have seen like technology to um, like sort of like blaster gun technology to go up against aliens. It's not going to get you super far, um, but it will be like, you won't be like unprepared to fight a couple aliens, but it's not like you're going to take down, you know, a mothership with these. Yeah. So you guys are able to acquire those. And um, Juno and Strahovix, you guys are sending the false report. Mm -hmm. Okay, then I would like you 
to make the move send false reports to the Zrel Ascendancy. (laughs) (laughs) Highly specific. I'm like my favorite move. Shocked. It's like that's in the it's that's in the playbook. (laughs) 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 Um, Which you can find under custom moves, which is in the drive. but um, the action that you use to trigger this move is to send false reports to the Zrel Ascendancy, not just sort of like um, the, uh, you know, the sort of like whatever reports where you're like scouting that you've did before. But like now now you're you're playing in the big leagues where there is uh, consequences for these actions. Ho-ho. So by doing so, you've triggered this move. Um so uh, if you roll a 10 plus um, message received, um, you you are able to talk to your mom once once they get the report. Uh, mm-hmm. Seven to nine message received, but you have to talk to someone else in the military and less than six, you get no response. I would just like to note to our uh, custom move users that my move also, since it was a teammate, did add a team to the pool. So we have an extra one to play with you know, just in case we need it. Yeah. Um, you guys have seven team in your pool right now. Apologies for sort of moving through this, but I want to get through um, get through some stuff in this episode. I should probably tell you what to add to that. Yeah. Um, I think... I have so many papers. I think I'm going to have you roll plus danger. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's a good sign. <laughs> that's one of my not so good ones. Um, that's like tied for my worst, actually. Uh, so is it me rolling or or Juno? Who is the one taking the lead on this? So it's so Juno was helping like put together a report because the way I kind of pictured it is like I'm sending a message that like I'll be transmitting like myself. But then, like, there's an attachment that has, like, the collected data that, like, warns about the Galaxy Eater and everything. And that's what Juno was helping me put together. Yeah, I'm probably the one, like, actually making the, the documents being sent. Whereas Straw is, She's like, exporting the PDF. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm making the call and saying, see attached. <laughs> yeah, then I would call that Juno's... Um... You guys can make an argument for Stravix if you want, but I would say that's probably Juno's role. Uh, I will try it if that sounds like what we want to do. All right, let's hope for goodness. Oof. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Based on that reaction. What, What have you rolled? I have rolled a seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's not too bad. Okay, um, so you get, uh, so, okay, so what happens here is you all are preparing this email, you start to send it out, the, uh, so, yeah, so, you know, you send it out, you're, you're falsifying this report saying, like, oh, there's a galaxy eater and, uh, Stravix, um, you know, Stravix has to uh, like stay, or or uh, what? What? What is exactly the argument that you're making that you just can't invade? Yeah. So, like the 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 point of the message is that the it, like the the report is going to be worded in such a way that this was the report I was trying to put together, you know, to make sure all my facts are straight and send it. So here it is. I've discovered that there is a galaxy eater, um, like bonded on Earth. 
and that invasion risks awakening awakening it and incurring its wrath across the entire empire so um and basically like saying back down stand down um or this is going to be bad or this could be bad and then that i recommend that i continue to stay and monitor the situation for the good of the zrel ascendancy mhm okay um all right so um you send these reports um there is a pause you guys are sort of like anxiously waiting um to see what happens and stravix uh you start to get a call um prism comes over comes over the speakers and says warfarin stravix there is an incoming transmission from the zarel ascendancy straw will say patch it through but ensure that juno is not transmitted yeah, Ju- me. Juno goes high and hides in the corner to not be on camera. <laughs> A- activate green screen. Get her out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Affirmative war prince. Hello, listeners. I am your GM and host, Fiona L.F. Kelly. First of all, thank you so much for sticking with us to episode six. Uh, We are now approximately two-thirds of the way through the story. Super will end on episode nine. Uh, There is still a lot to do story-wise and a lot of things to wrap up, uh, but I'm really pleased with how the season came out, and I'm excited for everyone to listen where we go in the next three episodes. Uh, That conclusion will be coming to you at the beginning of next year with episode nine, and then we'll be doing the retrospective after. Um, at the end of January. Um, if this is your first Fables episode, welcome! This podcast focuses on anthology-style actual play stories. This season we're playing Masks, A New Generation by Brendan Conway, published by Magpie Games. Uh, we are six episodes into the story, so if you want to start from the beginning, which I promise you will not regret, head on over to Super Issue 1, New Kids on the Block. If you'd like to give us a follow on socials, check out at Table Fables Pod on Twitter or at Table Fables Podcast on Instagram, or just search Fables Around the Table on your preferred social media. I'm sure it will come up. Um, if you haven't seen them already, that's where we upload the art for the cover that we describe at the beginning of each episode. Each of the covers are super beautiful. They're made by our very own Chelsea Rexinger, and uh, we love them. So obviously this season is about... Uh, angsty teenage superheroes and space aliens but each season has a different game setting and cast although the cast overlaps a bit between seasons we try to mix it up Um, if you are thinking about another season that you want to listen to and you haven't listened to our other seasons yet uh, let's let's recommend a few see if there's any that are interesting to you in our first season curse we played the curse of the house of rookwood by brian binn and michael addison that was published by nerdy pup games Uh, That season follows the supernatural Rookwood family as they grapple with the ghosts of their past that's set in New England in the 1970s, and it's a great uh, beachy little ghost story that's a lot of fun, especially if you like family 
drama. Um, but if you want something that's more similar to Super, definitely check out Tainted Love, which uses the game Visigoths versus Malgoths by Lucian Khan. Tainted Love is the story of four teens, two Malgoths from the 1990s, and two Visigoths magically transported into the future at said mall in the 1990s, and they are not happy about it. Uh, these four totally not friends stake out their claims for different areas of the mall and investigate a mysterious peppy newcomer. Um, and we have six full seasons total that are available right now for your listening pleasure wherever you get your podcasts. And if I do say so myself, each season brings you fantastic games and fantastic role playing. I'm so happy with how each season has turned out, and I'm sure that everyone will like all of them. Uh, just give them a listen. They're there for you whenever you want to listen to something new. Now let's talk about our cast for this season. Every person on our cast has been involved with another season of Fables, so if you can't get enough of them, uh, they are available on other seasons. Daniel Walker and Kitty McLennan, who play our OTP, Ezra and Oswald, respectively, played the Malgoths on Tainted Love. Uh, Dan was also on Curse, where they played J.C. Rookwood, the angsty teen cursed with the mocking visage unbeknownst to his family. Next up, we have Cliff B., who plays the matchmaker, comedic relief, and voice of reason, Jackrabbit. Cliff is a part of all sorts of projects. In addition to being on our season's Firelight and Chronicle, they have also been a part of multiple other podcasts in uh, various roles, um, including being a guest on Tales of the Voidfarer. Cliff is also one half of the Nerdcore Rap Duo 2D6. Uh, Cliff is just an all-around cool, creative person who has a lot of projects, so give them a follow on Twitter at JustEvilDMing. Chelsea Rexinger plays our favorite robo-girl, Juno. Sorry, Prism. Chelsea has been involved in some capacity with every season of Fables, including making most of the art for the show. Uh, she made the cover for this season with some graphic design done by Nick. And she makes the covers for each episode that we post on social media. She's the art director for Project Derailed and also co-owns Plot Kindling Candles. Head on over to etsy.com slash shop slash Plot Kindling Candles to find a tabletop RPG-inspired candle of your dreams or put in a custom order and get a candle inspired by your very own tabletop RPG character. Um, the winter holidays are coming up slash here now, so this is the perfect time to order from Plot Kindling Candles and get that special candle for your gaming table. And our last player is Nick, Nick Eurosiva. He always gets on me for slurring all the sounds together and saying his name wrong. So it's Nick Eurosiva. Now that we have that established, Nick Nick plays Warprince Stravix. Nick has been on many of the Fable seasons, including Curse, Firelight, Chronicle, and Lost. Nick is also the DM and showrunner of the Any-nominated D&D 5e Spelljammer-inspired actual play podcast, Tales of the Voidfarer. Like this show, you can check out Voidfarer wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and if the number of episodes intimidates you, because I know that there's quite a few and it's a continuous story, so it doesn't change every chapter like uh, like this show does, um, you can jump on at the beginning of any chapter. They're all really good onboarding points. Um, our audio was a little bit rough in the beginning, so if you want to pick up where our audio quality is pretty solid, and I think personally where the story picks up, I recommend starting at chapter three. And finally, I am Fiona L.F. Kelly. I'm a writer, editor, and podcaster. I am the showrunner for Fables, so I've been involved in some capacity with every season 
and I am the other creative head of Project Derailed, along with Nick. In addition to, to Fables, I play Ravnus on Tales of the Voidfarer, and I'm the host and showrunner of Big Streaming Pile, a podcast about bad movies on streaming services. Um, exciting news on that front. We will be returning to our tradition this year of uploading an episode on Christmas, so December 25th, you can listen to me, Tom, and our special guests, Tanner, Bivens and Roger Page and uh, get a weird theological discussion of Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas, which we did last year and we recorded it last year. You can you could watch it for free on Amazon Prime. I have no idea if that's still the case this year, but that's what we did last year. Um, I cannot in good conscience recommend watching that movie regardless, but I think our episode talking about it is pretty fun. So you can skip the movie and just listen to that. Um, in addition to podcasting, I also write and edit things. Uh, you can find my articles on medium pop culture on websites across the internet, and you'll probably see some fiction under my own name from me at some point. Maybe who knows what the future will bring, I guess. And the final super important piece of the puzzle for making super work is our in-house creative consultant and composer of our theme song, Tom Goldthwaite. Tom was an essential part of Super Behind the Scenes. Um, he helped me flesh out the story, and he gave me really essential advice on things like how to run combat smoothly because I'm not a very action-oriented GM. Um, he is also my co-host on Big String Piles, so if you want to hear recordings of his hot takes instead of just feeling the essence of them and how I do things, uh, be sure to check that podcast out. As always, Fables Around the Table is a podcast produced by Project Derailed. Head on over to projectderailed.com for more information on all of our shows, as well as articles on media and pop culture and links to some cool stuff like our Redbubble store, which again, the winter holidays are coming up slash here. So if you want to give a special someone in your life some Project Derailed merch, I don't know why you would, but if you would, that's where you can get it. You can also head to the website to get a link to our Patreon, or you can just find us on Patreon. It's up to you. Um, we are so grateful for everyone who supports the work by pledging on Patreon. You are all wonderful, beautiful people. Um, but even if you support us just by listening to the show and leaving reviews, we are still forever appreciative and grateful is so nice that people actually listen to this. That's that's very cool. You can also find a link to our Discord there. Our Discord is a super cool place filled with some really fun, awesome people. You can talk to the cast and other fans of the shows about, you know, your favorite Project Derailed podcast, or you could just hang out and talk about whatever. Um, but I think that we still require, we don't require it, but we require everyone to share some possum memes in the fables channel sometimes um and again you can find all of those links on our website okay i have dragged this mid-roll out far far enough so let's get back to the show um so okay how how is the Israelian naming convention again? What title, name, and war name, parentage of note, station, and most recent conquest conquest of significance. All right. So what what is this person called? I'll I'll have you do this. <laughs> no, don't do this to me. <laughs> what what is this lieutenant's name? Okay. Uh, Alzareth. Alzareth. Um, let's see. Okay, Alzareth, Hand of the Comet, Lieutenant to the Ascendant, 
and the sacking of Toro Prime. Okay. That sounds like a thing. Yeah. That's why I had Nick do instead of me because I can't make up all these science fiction words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you, uh, so um, the screen comes up to connect the call to you, and you see on this uh, large screen, this larger than life figure, this is someone that you know and have, in fact, interacted with. Um, this is someone within these relicendency military who does work with your mother occasionally. Um, they're still quite a bit lower in station, but they're high enough that they're going into like uh, war council meetings and, and such. Mm-hmm. Um, Would I technically outrank them? Uh, I don't think so, honestly. Like, like War Prince is like it's it's a. It's like a ceremonial position that's like Prince of the Ascendant, but like mil- but in the military, in the military mission. rankings, it's still like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a royalty title more than like yeah. a military title. Right. And th- those two do conflate sometimes like you would be uh-huh. higher than like a random soldier. But this is someone mm-hmm. who like has actual status. Right. Yeah. Plus, I think you said before at some point that like you don't come into the full honor of your title until you yes. hit that certain milestone of like your first big. Yeah, that's correct. Like, like this, that. this whole me being sent to Earth was like a rite of passage thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, um, Alzreth uh, appears on the screen before you. Um, he's sort of like an imposing figure. This is made even more apparent now because uh, just because of the situation that you're in you have to like stop an incoming invasion and you know just all all sorts of things are racing through your head right now um juno this is also very stressful for you as well yeah <laughs> so alzreth uh alzreth looks down at you and says we have received your report war prince i was expecting to hear from the ascendant lieutenant is my mother too busy to speak with me i'm afraid she is and the contents of my report are not more important? I'm afraid that she is focused on other things right now. Uh, regarding the contents of your report, you say that you found evidence of a galaxy eater bond. That is correct. And I fear further military intervention on this planet will awaken this bond and spell disaster for the entire Ascendant Empire. How did you hear about Galaxy Eaters, and what evidence do you have that there is uh, that there is a bond? It's all in my report. Per my last email. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys put so okay. I we don't we don't like sell out Asbel, uh-huh. um, but all in the report is uh, is like the details of discovering it and i basically play dumb that like i don't know what a galaxy eater is but like in my research of this threat have like uncovered x y and z that like sort of is designed to align with the information that the ascendancy has right so i do i do want to remind you though that you did have to surpass prism's built-in systems to find that information so that's like what right. So so we we would have been fabricating where we found that information. Right. Like perhaps we would have um like written a, a detailed report of watching Asbel meditate and his um like response. Well, I think it's important that we're we're not selling out Asbel. Right. But um, like we we've discovered the person and 
we have watched them and this is the experience that we have seen firsthand. So it's sort of like mm-hmm. discovering firsthand versus, well, we read a book and it makes sense. Yeah. And I was thinking like additional information could be like found from like Prism, like maybe hacked, like we can say that Prism like hacked like some organization that was studying this and they didn't understand what it was. But with the context of what we knew, you, we know, we, we learned that of this, this presence and stuff. So like, I think a lot of what straw and Juno were doing was like fabricating the circumstances of how we came across this knowledge. Okay. So, um, Alzreth will, will say, um, yes, we've, we've read the report. You, so you want to stay and observe the galaxy eater bond? Would it not be the case that if this galaxy eater were to awaken it would spell disaster for the entire Ascendancy. It is called a Galaxy Eater, and the Ascendancy prides itself in having subjugated 76% of this galaxy. And you have not conquered a single world war, Prince. Is this not a more pressing issue? Yes, we can put our, our top researchers on it. We can find a way to destroy the bonds, but... I I do not see the advantage of having one so inexperienced stay on Earth to to monitor something that could destroy a whole galaxy and perhaps beyond, especially something that we're not even truly we're not even truly sure exists. You do not trust my report? I do trust your report, which is why I think we need to take further action. What does the ascendancy even know about this? galaxy eater we have been collect we have had a team collecting information on such things we have never seen a bond in action we would be sending a team out there to observe the bond and find the best way to destroy the bond and to see if this is even real i think that this is a conversation that i need to have with the ascendant I want to talk to my mom. <laughs> talk to my mom, please. I want to talk to the manager. <laughs> With all due respect, Lieutenant. The Ascendant has heard your report as well and has other matters that she is attending to. Fucking rude. <laughs> <laughs> I think that she agrees. These are by direct orders from her. Our mission right now is to extract the war prince and to do whatever we can to destroy this bond. The War Prince does not need extracted, and you sending a military force will only invoke the wrath of this Galaxy Eater. The things need to be taken delicately. What experience do you have to back that up? A year of research. A single Earth year does not compare to... The power of the Zrel Ascendancy. Well, send your researchers if you must. I will work with them. But do not send your frigate group that I know is on its way. I'm very curious how you know these things, War Prince. Prism detected it. Perhaps we will have to modify your prism as well. It seems that... It is sending you some curious information. You'll find I'm more resourceful than you give me credit. And I think that can be an asset, not a detriment. You only have to trust me. 
what do I have to put trust in? The fact that I am acting now in the best interests of the entire ascendancy. If you had detected this galaxy eater and have been observing it for an Earth year, why are we only hearing about it now? Because clearly if I had sent it to you without properly understanding what it was that I discovered, I would only be met with more distrust and disdain. Warprince, it does not seem as though you understand your place in these Relascendancy. I am the Warprince of the Ascendant. Need I say more? And as I have said, you have not conquered a single world. Your I'm title trying. is purely ceremonial until you can show some sort of great feat. Is not protecting the entire ascendancy from annihilation at the hands of a cosmic entity of infinite power not a great feat? I am trying to understand your judgment here because you are a war prince, but I am truly questioning it. What good is conquering this world if it will only unleash a threat that will destroy everything we have built over a millennia? We do not know that that is the case. But it might be. We cannot act on things that might be. We act on things that are. We pride ourselves as a civilization on one that can analyze the situation and make tactical decisions based on that data. It is the reason we have expanded and controlled and grown to the empire that we are now. I believe I am practicing this very tradition. Tell me I am wrong. Uh, the hand of the comet leads, leans forward and you see the projection um, get closer to you as well. And uh, Alzra says, if it is truly as dire as you say, then tell me the tactical advantage to leaving it in the hands of an unconfirmed war prince. If there is any chance that it is as dire as I say, let me speak to my mother. Um, so I think that at this point, Alzreth will say, I will pass that information along, War Prince. Is there anything else that you would like this Zrel Ascendancy to know? Are you sitting on more information? I have sent everything I have. Very well, then. And if Stravix doesn't say anything else, the transmission ends. Uh, Stra is going to look at Juno. I was able to catch most of that, but first thing I say, you're very well spoken in your native tongue. Um, thanks. It's my native tongue. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're gonna get bullied, Nick. <laughs> Straw is gonna say, "I'm." far more comfortable in the military he gestures vaguely at the screen <laughs> <laughs> it's predictable most of the time so what should we do i think we need to talk to the rest of the team my hope was at the very least we can talk them out of sending this this military group 
And if they were just going to send researchers, I think that it would be far easier to handle. I would have taken that as a win to at least some degree. But if they're just going to blow this off and send people anyway, then I don't know, maybe Jack's board of paper and yarn is might be useful after all. Vindication! (laughs) (laughs) And Ezra's weapons? The docking thing. (laughs) I do not want to think about what weapons they are bringing back here. (laughs) I want to know where they would have got such things. Not, Not them, but like the people that they're getting them from. You could just make a phone call on this planet and get like alien tech weapons. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> it's like ordering a pizza. <laughs> In ten years, there's going to be an app for it. I got a I got an alien problem here in about a couple hours. Can I get some weapons delivered to this address? DoorDash for alien weapons. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. No, sorry, we're uh, we're pickup only at this location. Shit. <sighs> yeah, you got you got oh, damn, to crack the ducks. Gino size. I do not have enough thought processes to dedicate to this. Like I said before, one problem at a time. He says kind of with a, a nervous smile. She sighs and says, you are right. One problem at a time. Okay. So with that, let's, let's jump to a different scene. Down I'm sorry I'm not the, the most responsive during your, your role playing. I was making a couple notes on different things. Oh, no, I totally get it. <laughs> the players are role playing amongst themselves. Now it's time for me to do everything else. I'm going to go make a cup of coffee. <laughs> um, but um, so, uh, Cliff, I, I think I interrupted you. Uh, what were you about to say? Oh, no, I was just making a little song down at the docks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so then the camera switches over down down to the dock. Um, how I am sort of imagining this, if that's okay, is that um, Jack gets there sort of like once you guys have arms full of fucking photon Photon blasters. blasters. Yeah. <laughs> as, as kids our age typically do. Couldn't you ask her for, like, a, a carrying case, too? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be included? Uh, I mean, sometimes. It really depends. I can't imagine, because these are kind of bulky. I can't imagine there's, like, a carrying case that can fit, like, all five. How about a duffel bag for a couple of them? Yeah, that w- why are you here? Asbel straight up jumps and, like, almost throws all the, all the, the guns. <laughs> like, quickly clutches them, because that would be a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to drop photon blasters. Apparently they can explode. What? Yeah. Why do we, why do you have, why did you give these to me? Oh, I because I don't have, like, five hands, and there's, like, five of them total. I can carry them all if you want me to. I don't want you to explode. Oh, no, I can't explode, like, at all. Asbel straight up just stares at you for a moment. Make, like, a hard light briefcase. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, hold on. Wait, and I, wait, I make, wait, I make please a carrying case. Please tell me case. Ezra just out loud says, ah, oh, shit, yeah, and then just makes the briefcase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. For easy carrying. Again, Jack, how, why, why are you here? I mean, y'all were talking right behind me while I was at my board about 
come into the docks, I I couldn't possibly construe it to mean anything else. And I wanted to make sure y'all weren't getting yourselves into trouble. We got enough of that going around. Ah, oh, nah. As and I don't get up into trouble, we're a great team. Well, tr- sometimes trouble has a way of finding folk. Uh, I learned that a long time ago. Ah, fair enough. Aswell's, like, carefully, one by one, placing the blasters into the hard light briefcase. Is it, now Now's probably not the best time to mention that. I don't know how to use a gun, Ezra. Especially not just gestures wildly at the alien guns. Uh, see, neither do I. However... He looks I figured, really exasperated. I figured that maybe, like, Juno or Straw could sort of do their whole, like, tech thing and make that system, like, super easy. Or maybe, like, I don't know, get them to float and shoot for us. <sighs> okay. But yeah, now we got five of them. Probably can't get any more, but that's okay. We probably only need five. So here's here's my question as, uh, how are you able to get photon guns? A phone call. I mean, I, I realize this is America, but <laughs> I, that's usually just you know normal guns. I ain't, I ain't really seen phone calls that get photon guns before, unless it's like government level stuff. Uh, okay. So you know how when we like first formed a team, I like let people know of information I had gotten about. Uh, things that were going down uh, with Baskerville and not any other thing I tried to tell people earlier and then never received posts uh, saying, hey, we'll be there. Uh, sure. Yeah, uh, so I've got some contacts for a variety of things, one of them being weapons. That's huh. good. useful. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Uh-huh. I got an information person. I got a weapons person, and I got a materials person, and, you know, that that's really just a pretty vague statement, but I mostly talk to them to get stuff for my, like, costume. Well, uh, I mean, as long as it don't come back to bite us in the butt, I think it, that's fine. I mean, I'll owe them a favor eventually, but right now, no, we're good. Right, it's gonna come back to bite us in the behind. Uh, <laughs> well, we got an alien, an alien folk coming, possibly, so, uh, yeah, let's uh, go ahead and get this... Out of the public and back to the ship. All right. Can somebody carry me again? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, how are you going to? Hmm. I I assume I assume last time it was like a piggyback, so this time, Asbel will just kind of do the same thing that Ezra did to him last time, just kind of do like the princess lift this time. <laughs> hey, you're strong too. That's new. And then it's just going to start flying. <laughs> God, why do I skateboard everywhere? Jack's just going to kind of run along, uh, keeping them in sight and keeping an eye out, making sure uh, ain't nothing that uh going to mess with them. Like, I, I knew you could fly for like a year. I could have asked for this like earlier. Yeah, I, um... I should have offered. I thought about offering, but then I thought, never mind. We probably shouldn't talk. There's bugs. I mean, like, if I turn my head sort of towards you, you're probably not going to get in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) 
As Will just gets a nosebleed. <laughs> I'm noticing little blo- drops of blood hitting the ground. You all right up there? Uh, hold, hold on, I got a tissue somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. This, this works. We're good. It's, a, it's like a small rain shower. I'm concerned. <laughs> I know folks had that much blood in them. I mean, if you want to put me down, I can carry you. That way you can, like, focus on your nosebleed. How are we going to fly that way? Don't, don't. Oh, no, no. See, here's the idea. Here's the idea. It, it's not gone well any other time we've done it. But if I stand on my skateboard and hold you and then hold on a jackrabbit. How? Oh, okay. Just if we hit any bumps, we're, we're probably going to go for a little bit. How would you hold on to both of us and the briefcase <laughs> and just, it's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry oh, about it. All right. Just beat red, trying to just finish this flight. This is just not giving me a conversation. Trying to <laughs> trying to end the conversation. And I I did real fast use infinite powers in a totally responsible way <laughs> to be able to uh, have super strength for a moment. Because <laughs> Asma would not be strong enough to to lift anyone otherwise. Asbol is using his powers very responsibly. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys are able to make it back to the ship. And you are you are all there. Uh, the phone conversation has happened. Um, yeah, what do you guys do once you're all back together? Asbol is going in last because he's like so sure Juno's going to be bad at them. <laughs> and, he's, and he's real nervous. Ezra probably also kind of thinks that but would rather just kind of own it like she's, she's she's been mad before she'll be mad again might as well figure out how i deal with it best i think jack is kind of walking in in between them like kind of looks over their shoulder just because uh you know making sure that asbel's okay because i know that they are a ball of anxiety and I kind of just, like, stop and, like, whisper into their ear and say, Listen, I know what it's like to feel like you're on borrowed time. Just tell them how you feel and walk away. <laughs> Jack really is just out here to matchmake everyone on the team. <laughs> <laughs> he failed in one universe doing that. He's not going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aswell does just kind of, like, stutter in his steps for a moment. And then just, I, I don't... You don't, and gives up on line. Just kind of like looks at Ezra for a second and blushes more and just shakes his head a bunch. <laughs> like side to side or up and down. Side to side. Ah, oh, no. Yeah, they walk into the room and we all kind of converge again. And Juno looks at Jack and she says, "Thank you for retrieving them." Uh, you know, uh, they. You said you just came to get us out of trouble. Listen, if there was any trouble, then we would have got out of it. But also, <laughs> I know that y'all are resourceful and that you could take care of yourselves if you need to, but it never hurts to have backup. So how did things here go? Well, um... Our plan has failed. What was the plan? Well, um... We... I sent a report to the Zarell Ascendancy saying that I had uncovered evidence of 
a galaxy eater on Earth and that if they showed up, they could anger it and it would be bad for everyone and the whole galaxy and they should turn around. And um, Flawless idea. They, uh, they're still coming. Ha! Well, it's a good thing I got these then. Yeah, you weapons, right? Yep, and I'll set them down on the table, and the the briefcase will open up very exaggeratedly, and then disappear. <laughs> uh, Straw will like his eyes will be wide, and he'll pick them up, and they're like, "Where did where did you get these?" At the docks. So, back when I first came to this planet and had some issues on entry, the sh- Prism's weapons locker got accidentally jettisoned. Oh man, if that's if that's where these are from, that's gonna be. Oh man, we should probably fix that, huh? <laughs> there was a lot more. Oh, dude, I only got like five. <laughs> oh man, those things are all over the, the city now at this point. Like, <laughs> Straw created a whole new black market by entering the earth. <laughs> okay, that's that. I think that's a problem for another time. But um, oh, it's, absolutely it's good that. You got these because we might need them. All right. Cool. Well, that means you know how to use them. That's good. Yeah. Um, he'll actually pick one up and uh, it, it kind of resembles just like a pistol. And he'll like, uh, like kind of like with a cocking motion, even though it doesn't have a cocking mechanism. Um, and the whole thing, like with the same nanotech as his bracers, like kind of elongates into a rifle and then back into like a pistol. Ah, oh, wicked. Is that just is that just a you thing or No, if you know do... how to do it, anybody can do that. Which it's it's not intuitive if you like you didn't grow up with the this Zrelian technology. So at least uh I would be willing to bet that not many people know how to do that if it's any consolation. But Oh, that's even better. <laughs> so then the question becomes how useful are these? We do only have five photon blasters. Um, and they're sending an entire frigate group. Well, how big is a frigate? Big. Mm. And this is five. Yeah. That's a so much smaller number. We're probably going to need to come up with a, another plan. Um, a plan A. This is a good plan B. All right. Cool. Cool. But I think if we can try to like avoid the conflict altogether, that might be the better way to go. Um, but I I did have two ideas of varying quality. <laughs> One, we asked Dr. Quantum for help. But I, I kind of don't want to do that. Because if we can, like, smooth this out before anybody finds out, then that's probably best for everyone. Um, two, and he looks at Asbel, are we able to, like, use your powers to scare them off and like verify the report that I sent. Cause even if they don't re- believe the report by itself, if then they see with their own eyes, the threat directly and already have the report to kind of like prime their expectations. Would that work? Maybe I don't want you to do anything that is like dangerous to you though. Kind of furrows his brow for a bit and thinks, maybe I, there's still a lot I'm 
figuring out about my powers, but I think they can do a lot. I mean, I, I feel like I'm getting stronger the closer it gets to waking up. We don't want the ascendancy thinking that, like, you've gone rogue on them, because even with that threat, that'll probably uh, get them to uh, not take anything you say seriously, and you know, that might screw the pooch on the whole idea of everything. I tried to, like, save face in that, you know, I was still acting in the best interest of the ascendancy, because, like, legitimately, if if something to the 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 power of this galaxy eater as we understand it actually got out it would actually be devastating for the the ascendancy and that's not a fabrication um but right but what what i'm what i'm saying what my idea is if we can get you to use your shapeshift and stuff and we can talk dr quantum into whatever battalion or whatever it's called uh to that's coming down if we can make them believe that like the things that your nanotech might do that seem like they could be like powers of a galaxy eater. It'll keep you undercover. It'll make them think that this galaxy eater real close to uh, waking up and maybe they'll turn tail and run. How do we know that if we go to Dr. Quantum with this, he won't just immediately like suspend our spon- his sponsorship of us and kick us to the curb and revoke our license and then just take care of it with all of the other like real super people. And is that something we need to worry about because he already knows? What? Why? Wait, how does he already know? I have already spoken to him. Why? You you tattled on us. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and Ethel does kind of like slightly raise his hand, be like, "I, I did also bring up maybe we should talk to Doctor Quantum earlier." So I mean, yeah, but like as a suggestion, you didn't do it. <laughs> as will lowers I, his hand. I, I mean, this is no disrespect, but knowing that you know, this is a big unknown situation. I mean, I'm not surprised that somebody would go and reach out for advice on what to do. Um, that uh, might uh, that might honestly help us in this situation. So anyway, you know, took care of it. We don't need to worry about Doctor Quantum like kicking us out. Yeah, I guess if he hasn't already done it, then I don't think he will. Um, and if he already knows, then I guess that kind of eliminates all argument against talking to him about it and seeing how he and can besides, help. Besides, if uh. If you are just trying to do some kind of triple spy thing, he'll be able to read it and blast you out of the world. And, you know, I don't think you're doing that. I'm not particularly keen on seeing that. But, you know. I. I. You know, I'm flattered that you think I would be capable of that. With that, um, Prism comes online and she says, Lord Prince Stratovix, there are Zarell ascendancy ships in the system. Do we have a estimated time of arrival until they reach this planet? It appears that there's only a few hours. Would you like me to bring up my monitoring of the situation? Uh, yes, and if you can send that to my wrist link. Affirmative, Lord Prince. And uh, your wrist link uh, pops up and starts to uh, project the solar system into the room. Um, you 
see uh, miniaturized versions of these Rel Ascendancy ships uh, moving through the system with a countdown to the time where they will reach Earth, which is uh, in a couple hours from now. Um, this probably looks frightening to all of you, but what uh, Blazar and Starpiercer realize is that these are far fewer ships than what has been seen before. Um, and specifically, uh, uh, Strahovix will notice that the miniaturized versions of these ships, he recognizes that they're not the Vanguard ships. They are the military scientist ships. Mm. But also he notices that among those ships is uh, the ship of the Hand of the Comet. Okay. Straw will say, oh, well, I guess my report was good for something. They pulled off the vanguards. These ships are military scientist vessels. That's probably still not good. No, but at least they're not going to be as heavily armed. Although this does contain the personal ship of the of a lieutenant to the ascendant, my mother. The one I spoke to, in fact, uh, just earlier. So what does that mean for us? Well, the lieutenant will have some military capability in in their entourage and uh, their vessel. But at least it's not a full vanguard group that was coming before. So that's something. Stravix would know that this is like not going to be the firepower of the vanguard. It is still a militaristic society. So even like the military scientists can fuck your day up, uh, but it's not coming down with the full firepower of the vanguard whose goal would have been to sack the city as quickly as possible and um, probably neutralize as many uh, what what they perceive to be threats as possible. Now, this group can still do some of that. Um, it would be a lot more difficult for them if they did decide to take the city. Um, but it seems that somehow your message has gotten through and sort of like a, uh, you know, a partial success of what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> which was, uh, you know, you sent them, you did still send them something pretty distressing. Yeah. Which was that there was a galaxy in the system and like, you've totally got it. This like, you know, teenager. Right. Um, so Straw realizing something, like his eyes go wide for a second. I'm like, all right, so our new problem isn't the immediate destruction of the city. Uh, so that's an improvement. But um, the problem is the lieutenant is coming uh, the the hand of the comet is coming to take me home. Two, all of those scientists, and he says, looking at Asbel a little like terrified, are gonna know what they're looking for in regards to the Galaxy Eater. And I didn't sell you out. I was careful not to reveal your identity, but they know that there's a Galaxy Eater bond on the planet, and if they have been doing research for however long they've been doing it, they may be able to detect it. So, oops. He just kind he, of... He kind of cringes. <laughs> <laughs> he shakes his head and gives a smile and is like, it's okay, Straw. So, we just beat their ass, yeah? Uh, Well, so, they're not... It's not a Vanguard group, but 
any Zrelian is formidable, even our scientists. And even the scientist vessels are armed to some degree. Okay. This just seems all pretty simple. We just have Juno hack their ship. She's done it once. She can do it again. And they're only like, yeah, sure. They might be like strong and can, you know, bring a lot of firepower. That's only if they're expecting a fight. I mean, if we catch them off guard, fuck them. Well, I th- they might be expecting a fight regardless. I mean, most Zrelians are. But I think our plan that we had before still has some merit. I think talking to Dr. Quantum to seeing what he can bring to the table um, is is useful. Um, we still have less than eight hours to figure this out. Um, and then perhaps, especially if they have their scientists here, if we can find a way to make their instruments go off the chart in a way that scares them off, that makes it not risk even studying, then maybe that's a solution. Maybe some combination of the tech that we have, Dr. Quantum's powers and Blazar's. Is that something? That sounds like something. I agree. This sounds like the best plan of attack. The reason our previous plan failed was lack of proof. If we can give them something they can experience in real time, they should believe us. Um, Straw will smile and nod at Juno. Yes. Well, hell, let's get on over to uh, Dr. Quantum and see if, how, if at all, that feller can help. Yeah, so uh, why don't you guys set up the cliffhanger for me here? Um, you're all going back to uh, Dr. Quantum's house? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. So um, you guys make your way over there. Um, how, for... For the ship, um, how is <laughs> how is Ezra getting there? Piggyback, <laughs> piggyback. <laughs> this is a kind of goofy idea. Let's see if we like oh. it. Oh, oh boy! Given things are being what they are, is there any reason the ship needs to stay where it's at? That is your that's your call. It's up to you, Nichols. Uh, Juno's been to Dr. Quantum's house. Does he have, like, space for a ship in his driveway? Can we land I on mean, the like, roof? we are we are in a city city. We can, there's probably, like, a ladder function on the ship. We can just, like, hover above it and then climb. And, and yeah. it has stealth, yeah. it has stealth, stealth capabilities. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll, it'll look like a weather balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Oh, that Dr. Quantum and his weather shenanigans. <laughs> I think... <laughs> This man and his hobbies. Uh, but um, I think, like, everybody's getting ready to roll out. Okay, let's go see Dr. Quantum. And Straw kind of stops. And he has, like, a glint in his eye. And he goes, you know what? I'll drive. And the entire ship shakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what what does that look like? So I think the, uh, like... Cutting to like describe, a shot. Describe this, the, spla- the splash panel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cutting to like a panel of an exterior of like the mountainside with like all the pine trees and stuff. Um, the the trees begin shaking and some, some squirrels and rabbits and birds kind of like duck for cover. And the ground kind of parts and dirt falls away as this uh, Zrel um, infiltrator craft raises up with dirt and rocks kind of falling off of to the side and it kind of rotates. So you can see like the blue glowing thrusters. And as it begins cruising off to the uh, Halcyon city in the background, it shimmers and cloaks itself going invisible. Yeah. I think that that like, 
lift to like go towards Halcyon is like that like two page spread of just like you see like finally the full exterior of like the ship with like coming out of the fucking mountain um and it does go towards Halcyon City and it it shimmers for a moment and uh like you said it begins to stealth and I think that we will end it there Yay! and come back come back in our next episode um, with you guys planning what's next. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a gif Yankee. My character is a doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're ravenous, right? Yes, and you are. It's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luckby Cumble. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! <laughs> There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs> As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal. Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names and contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime. Remix. Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here. ProjectDerailed.com